You are now on air. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are joining and listening in from. This is the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It is Friday, the 7th of December, 2018. This is episode number 66, and I am Edwin Frondozo. The Business Leadership Podcast Live is a live call-in radio show where I speak to business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to, to discuss the latest innovations, current events, or best practices that will help you personally and professionally grow. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in. Thank you for joining us today. I am super excited to introduce my co-host today. He is Kevin Morris. He leads OCADU Co., which is a new venture by OCAD University, which helps senior leaders and their teams build the skills they need to transform their organization and drive innovation. For over a decade, Kevin has been helping large organizations develop radical customer-centric uh, through design-led innovation. He's gone end-to-end -end on breakthrough innovation projects from identifying new and emerging opportunities to standing up MVP launches with tens of thousands of users. His work with clients like Oxford Property, Bell Canada, BMO, City of Toronto. I'm not going to go on because it goes on forever. Uh, <laughs> but prior to leading OCADU Co, Ke Kevin led large-scale design-led innovation programs for some of Canada's largest organizations at Dublin, the human-centric innovation consultancy at Deloitte, his proud OCADU alum with a master's of design in strategic foresight and innovation. Um, having said all that, I'm really, when I had this idea to, to bring in Kevin, I was super excited to talk about design thinking, specifically why true disruption goes far beyond your app and facelift. Um, me being a tech founder, um, someone who comes from this, um, developed my own platform, I, I, I've been hearing this buzzword of design thinking, so I'm super excited to get him, get him on, get him on the show, and really, really talk about that. So, if you are just joining us live, if you have any questions about design thinking, maybe you have any examples, uh, anything for Kevin and I, uh, let us know. If you do have, uh, if you are a design thinking practitioner, and you want to join us live to talk about it, let us know, and uh, we'll be happy to join, uh, have you join us. So, Kevin. Welcome. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks, Edwin. I'm doing great. I'm uh, super excited for our conversation today and uh, ready to get going. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, like I said, I'm super excited for this. Um, this is going to be fun. So I'm just going to actually just just jump right in, um, really get to the definition uh, about this. And, and I'm wondering, Kevin, why is design thinking so important for business executives today? Yeah, no, it's a really good question, especially, you know, you touched on Edwin in the intro. Design thinking is has so much hype around it today. We see it all over the place that you need to be doing design thinking. And sometimes we sort of jump to that conclusion without even understanding what it is or why it's useful or in what cases uh, it might be useful. So, you know, when it comes down to it, design thinking is really just a great creative problem solving method. Uh, and it's a method that borrows on creative fields like design uh, to get to better solutions to big problems you might be facing. 
And what I really came to love about design thinking is uh, it helps sort of get around the typical obstacles and uh, constraints that come with, uh, let's call it traditional thinking, uh, that uh, you know the typical business uh, has tendencies to lean towards. So in a typical business, we tend to think about uh, you know what are uh, the markets we want to enter, what are the things that we want to do with technology. But what design thinking does is instead of starting with those sort of already baked solutions or hypotheses, uh, we actually start with really big and good questions about what could be possible. And the key to those questions is they often start with trying to understand what real people and real humans need. Those could be your customers, your users, your vendors, whoever, whoever it is you're trying to solve for. Uh, but starting with people at the center uh, can, believe it or not, be a radical shift for a lot of people who uh, you know, tend to start with tech or tend to start with sort of traditional business strategy. So design thinking is really important today. And it's important because the speed of change that we're seeing and the sort of intensity of that change increasingly means that our traditional ways of doing business are uh, working less and less. And to get around that, to more proactively go find opportunity to sort of reinvent our companies, whether it's a startup or a big organization, you know, we're big advocates for starting with what's changing in the world of our users and design thinking in our eyes is the best way to figure that out. I mean, th appreciate that. And you actually touch upon uh, many things, Kevin, there in terms of, you know, having design thinking not only be people centric, but from the sounds of it, and it was that was a super high level answer. I love it. It was the it was the elevator pitch that that sort of answers almost everything and understands who it's going for. But it also talks about not only just the app, or, or it's also talking about businesses and how you change uh, throughout the organization. So, what kind of approaches allow you to reinvent your business rather than just 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 an app at the front? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, one of the things about good design thinking is uh, we typically start up front uh, with framing the problem that we're trying to solve. And um, let's say we started with the assumption, like you just mentioned, that we're going to build a better app for people. Mm -hmm. That's a big assumption, that that's actually what our customers want and need to make their lives better. Because in the design thinking approach, what we might do is sort of back up and say, you know, that app that we were going to build because we have access to this cool new technology, a lot of people building you know, VR and AR apps these days, what we would actually do is say, well, what is the job that customers actually trying to get done? And over and above that, what are the sort of big trends that are happening in the world that sort of point us to big opportunities over and above just launching an app? Now, sometimes we do just need to fix an app. And so that's okay. And we can apply design thinking to making an app better. We can uh, go and talk to our users to understand how they flow through the journey of that app, uh, how the copy and how the UX can be improved so they have a better experience on it. Uh, and so it kind of comes down to uh, what your ambition is for what you're trying to solve. Uh, and so lots of what we do in problem framing is one understanding, are we trying to just sort of create an incremental improvement to our business because we have certain metrics we want to drive? Or are we actually trying to, for example, disrupt a market or launch a totally new venture that's outside of our core business? Those two things take totally different approaches, um, but both of them start with one, declaring what is the problem that we're trying to solve, and then number two, who is that problem being solved for, so that we can then figure out who we need to go talk to and what sort of needs we need to uncover to get to better solutions.
I mean, that's amazing. And it, and, and you're absolutely right. You got to understand what you're trying to solve. And if you're just joining us live, what Kevin and I are talking about is what is design thinking? How do we apply it? What are, what are the questions we need to ask? And who do we need to talk with? A quick shout out to Braulio. Thank you for joining for the first time and listening in. Really appreciate you joining in today. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, and, and we kind of laughed at it for, real quickly, Kevin, at the, at the top before we, we went live, is is the fact that I heard a video in the background and and it was actually the video of, of my friend Kristen there that works at Dialogue, probably <laughs> teaching you how to, to log in as a co-host. So that's a very specific problem because I did share with you that I need to get feedback so I could give it to the folks at Dialogue um, because my show is run only with co-hosts right now. And I'm telling you, Kristen, if you're listening, Dan Farhan, half of my co-hosts have a hard time <laughs> logging in as a as a co-host. I don't know why. I I I feel like maybe I need better in my emails, but I I don't know. Like, is that a specific thing that you would apply, or would you talk to the co-host? You would do the you know, the user journey there. Yeah, I mean that that's a great question, and it's a great example because we did just chuckle a little bit about that uh, when we're getting on the air here. Uh, you know, let's say uh, the folks at Dialogue, they wanted to, um, you know, radically improve the onboarding experience for not only their, their hosts, but increasingly these sort of co-hosts, uh, because they're seeing that that's a user behavior that's happening uh, in, in their customer base. You know, that's not a radical reinvention of their business model. It's not, uh, you know, starting a net new offering or service that they can sort of take to a new market. But it is a really important design question that's going to improve the experience uh, for their users. So that's, you know, we've got a hunch on the sort of problem frame that we might be trying to solve for in that specific uh, in that specific project. So what would you do next? Well, you need to go talk to the people who are actually involved in that experience. The obvious one is going, in this case, and talking to co-hosts. Hey, what was it like when you were trying to sign on? Where did you stumble? Where did you not find the information? But another interesting one is talking to the folks that those co-hosts have to interact with while they're trying to get that job done. And a really great example, Edwin, is you know before our podcast, you sent out a pretty lengthy sort of instruction manual, if you will. You didn't call it that. Those are my words. Yes. All the steps I would have to take to, to sign on. You know, that's probably a really interesting artifact uh, for dialogue to take a look at uh, because they would understand the work that you're now doing. That's kind of a workaround uh, to make it easier for me to get on board. I say and it that, and it wasn't even that easy, still, right? It was still there was a there were a couple steps I had to go through, but you know I I really quickly found a video that helped me onboard and get on board. So this is not a you know a knock on dialogue at all. It's actually a really slick and beautiful uh, product, uh, and we connected uh, uh, really easily after that point. But right. um, that gives you some context, you know, for um, for the kind of power that design thinking can give you when you're going to try and solve some of these point. Uh, experiences across uh, your product or service. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, I mean, I, I've never had a hiccup where none of the co-hosts were unable to come. But I've, 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 you know, if I don't see my co-hosts online like five minutes before the time I say I want to go air, I end up calling them because sure. my hun my hunch is that they're having a hard time. <laughs> so I'm like, I better call them just just to make sure you know. To handhold them or do what, but uh, I mean, it's 
it's not and definitely i love dialogue platform don't get me wrong it was just something that we were joking about and i and i talked about oh maybe this is where design thinking comes into comes into place For um sure. good example <laughs> On. But, you know, one thing I'll point out, Edwin, is, um, you know, we're doing a lot of work with uh, startups to sort of go in a, and uh, adopt these design thinking methods. And um, here at OCAD, you know, one of our great partners in that has been Communitech, who's brought mm -hmm. us in. And we're running a whole bunch of programming uh, with cohorts in their Fierce Founders program, specifically focused on applying design thinking methods to the uh, customer success and customer onboarding uh, part of their products. And um, you know what we're seeing across the entire startup ecosystem is there are all these sort of like micro uh, barriers or pieces of friction in any product or any service that you know if you really got a deep deep understanding of your users and the context that they're in when they're trying to use those products, uh, you can actually build really beautiful experiences that are delightful to use and uh, ultimately lead to a better business. So. It's not just dialogue, to your point. We see all kinds of startups trying to do, adopt these methods to make their products better. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, for those who are listening, Communitech is, is, a, is a giant ecosystem, community ecosystem based around startups. Could be one of the largest in the world. I'm not too sure. I, I say that because I'm, I'm from Canada and Toronto. Um, they're actually out in Waterloo area. Um, huge hub tech space and a lot of smart folks over there. Um, so amazing that OCAD and yourself is working with, with them to, to really come to market with, with, with using these skills, design strategy skills to, to really better their product from the start, right? I'm um, going to ask about, you know, something, Kevin, here. Um, like, I'm wondering, like, where are business leaders falling short when, when it comes to true innovation now within their companies? Yeah, that's a that's a really big and uh, complicated question, but I you know I've uh, a few thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, you know, one is the you know the example we just talked about. It's so easy uh, to sort of take the you know really simplified three step design process that we see all over the place. And the good news is that design thinking has been so popularized and um, and so used that so many people everywhere now understand uh, at a basic level what design thinking is. The sort of bad news of that situation is that um, design thinking is sort of just getting spread on everything uh, and taken as is. You know, the the one that's become really popular lately is the design sprint, where you know solve any problem in five days. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that oftentimes the problems that are really worth solving, particularly for a company that's trying to sort of leapfrog through building innovation capability and get beyond just sort of incremental improvements and innovations, is really good problems that are complex can't be solved in five days. And so one of the things that we're spending a lot of time with executives on lately is going beyond the sort of three or five step design process where we all get in a room and in five days try and solve a problem. That's a really great tool when we know who the user is and we generally know what the uh, product or solution is because we can use those five days to sort of rapidly prototype and test our assumptions about it. But when we start thinking about totally new markets that we want to go into, when we start thinking about radical technological change, um, political volatility, big new changes in consumer behavior, sometimes five days isn't enough for us to deeply understand that problem enough to get to something uh, that is valuable. And so we're doing a lot of work to help companies from senior leaders right down to people working on actual projects 
to use sort of more nuanced and rigorous tools around design thinking. Things like really good problem framing, other things like strategic foresight, which means let's actually look out and see what's changing in our company's future and design against those things to find new opportunity. Uh, and also doing things like analysis and synthesis. Those are really uh, high level theoretical sounding words, but that means after we go and talk to our users, instead of just going and verbatim implementing what we heard from them, let's actually do the hard work of trying to interpret uh, what their underlying needs are so that we can better serve them. And so, um, you know, for, uh, I don't want to use this as a cliche, but if you kind of mm -hmm. think of this as like design thinking 2.0, we think there's a better quality version of design thinking that may be useful to companies as they're starting to think about these bigger innovations that they want to go after. Right, right. I really appreciate that. And, and, and you really got to think that I mean, I mean, you use a lot of keywords there in terms of like iteration and test market. And that's really, you know, a lot of startup thinking in terms of building out an MVP. Um, but before I before I continue, if you're just joining us live, got Kevin here, uh, managing director at OCAD U Co. Um, talking about design thinking, um, how we can implement it, how how could it change not only your app, but but the way you think uh, throughout a corporation and a design. Um, so. Actually, now I'm going to go on tangent, Kevin. This is the beauty of live, right? Who cares? <laughs> um, I have this problem that I I, I I like to ask in my interviews on on my on my exclusive interviews is to business leaders, and I'm wondering if this is where you could implement design thinking is one of the key things that are coming into the workforce now, and and I'm very interested in this is like what is the future of workplace going to be with the rise of you know automation ai uh, big data machine learning like my question is typically and i don't know maybe i have to reframe the question to some of these business leaders because i'm getting sort of the same answer and not a deep answer is like how are you going to change leading the workforce sure. in the next five to ten years with this rise of technology like that's a fundamental change in thinking right so is that is that something we could maybe throw um, design thinking at? Totally. And I think the scale of change that you just talked about in the timeline of change, Edwin, is a perfect example of you know where your typical five-day design sprint may fall short of coming up with all of the answers uh, for the stuff that you were just talking about. And um, you know, particularly the further out that we start to look and the more uncertainty to the problems that we want to take on as an organization, uh, the more sort of in-depth we need to go to have a really good understanding of that problem. So, you know, you mentioned a whole bunch of technological changes that are happening. Uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, new platforms that support the gig economy, blockchain. You know, those are tech drivers of change. And mm -hmm. actually what we see in companies and startups is they tend to over-index on uh, the tech value of what's changing the world and under-index on the way that human behavior is changing, uh, as well as things like economic changes, political changes, social changes. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we do when we're tackling huge problems like the one you just brought up on the future of work is, let's actually understand the ways the future might unfold. Um, and, you know, one of the keys there is instead of just having one view of the future, which tends to be what people would prefer the future to look like, sure. uh, one of the design thinking tools we use is prototyping different futures 
meaning what are the different scenarios that could unfold? And then what are the big projects that we would go and launch to make sure that we're sort of future-proofed if any of those scenarios actually became reality? And in each of those scenarios, over and above just the technology changes, what we're working with senior leaders to do is understand that there are these human changes happening as well. So instead of just designing with blockchain because we can, you know, in our eyes, the real human question to be solving for there is like, how do you design for trust in an era of peer-to-peer decentralization? To us, that's like a far more interesting question because it's so much more complicated than just the technology aspect. It's actually, how do you humanize all of this new technology in a way that it actually gets adopted and used in a way that um, users are delighted by, but that they also trust? Um, And at the same time, how do you design against those technologies in a way that is responsible um, and not having a whole bunch of unintended consequences? Because it's so easy to throw an MVP out these days uh, that might drive you know, key metrics in your sales funnel or uh, drive consumers to buy, but um, you know, could actually have implications in terms of ethics or data uh, or nudging users to certain behaviors that might be questionable. So to answer your question, design thinking can be used at that scale. And that's actually where we love to apply it because there are so many things that are easy to overlook when answering big strategy or innovation questions, and they go far beyond tech. Design thinking helps us bring that human element in to develop more robust strategy and ultimately products and services that uh, go on to be more successful. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, it's a big problem. And uh, if you're just joining us live, what we're talking about is design thinking and really big, big problems. Um, shout out to Kristen for joining in. Um, Kristen, if you are listening live, I, I, did, I did shout you out earlier on the show. Definitely check it out. Um, um, I, I'm using Kevin as some free consulting here, how we can improve our onboarding of dialogue. We love the, we did say we love the, the platform. So shout outs to, to the team. Um, I guess what I heard there too, which was really interesting. And I was really taking notes on this, Kevin. It's funny because I, I'm a tech founder. I come from like, oh, here's a new technology. How can I apply this? It's exactly what you said, and maybe that's what we're doing wrong. Um, versus it's like, here's actually the social problem. How do we solve this? And then let's find the technology that will help us uh, help us do that, right? Um, yeah, and, and typically it's not just one or the other. You know, and as a startup founder, you know, you'd, you'd be aware of this. You kind of almost have to manage a portfolio uh, of projects you want to take. Some are always going to be closer in to the core business. So, hey, let's go fix the onboarding process because, you know, people are not getting onto the platform the, the, way, uh, the way we thought they might. Um, and then at the same time, you know, as a leader, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, you're also trying to look further out than that. What are the things I need to be thinking of, you know, that are like three years out or two markets away from where we're operating that have implications for us, either big opportunity or potential threats? Uh, and how do we start designing against those? And there's kind of this balance. Like you're always wanting to zoom in and zoom out uh, to be fixing all these like little micro things that make your product as good as it is. And at the same time, think about like, what's the product going to be tomorrow? Um, and, you know, that's the value of some of the really deep insight that comes from the design thinking piece. But 
you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on that, Edwin, you know, given that you're sort of in the midst of running the startup and you've got to be feeling the tension between those things, I would think. I mean, I mean, this it's, it's a huge question and I don't even know where to answer in terms of the feelings, but I, I do wanted to bring on uh, Kristen. She, she had a question in terms of the problem. Uh, she wanted to join us live, uh, Kevin. So this is exciting. Uh, let, let me see if I could catch her on here. Give me a sec. Hey, Kristen, you're live on the air. How are you? now on air. Hey, Edwin, how are you? I'm doing well. Kevin's here as well. Hi, hey. Kevin. How's nice it going? You. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> um, so I had a question. So I, um, when I was working at my previous company, uh, I was in San Francisco, and we had the firm that's very well known for design thinking, IDEO, come in um, and speak to us about a specific issue that we were uh, well, we were we were really thinking about it more in terms of like how to design think, and the way that she sort of started explaining it was like when they go in as their firm to sort of diagnose an issue that's going on. Um, a lot of times, their clients want to start just like solving for the problem, like solving the problem, and you know they sort of like whether it's throwing features at it or throwing product at it. Um, but a huge part of what makes their design thinking really effective is actually taking a step back and being like, you know, what is the actual problem that's going on? Um, so just didn't know if you had uh, thoughts on that. Yeah, that's, um, I have a lot of friends at IDEO and a lot of respect for uh, what they've done in, in the field of design thinking and, and uh, largely pioneered it. Uh, and they're exactly right. Um, you know, sometimes the thing that we get into a room to start to solve isn't actually the right thing to be solving at all. And um, it's really awesome to be able to step up, take a step back and um, sort of zoom out and let's look across the sort of entire landscape of what it is that we're trying to solve to figure out where might be the best entry point uh, to move the needle on whatever, whatever it is we're trying to move. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge with that sometimes can be, and I'm sure you may have witnessed it, is if you come into the room with an idea that you're already super set on developing, it can be really hard to back off that idea. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you know, a lot of what makes design thinking successful in organizations is, yes, like learning the method, like what you were just talking about with really good problem framing to not lead with a solution. Um, but increasingly, helping leaders develop the mindset and the behaviors to be able to lead and encourage their employees to do the same thing. Uh, because so many people want to sort of um, just go and develop the idea that they already have. When if you did a little bit of problem framing and user research to really let the user tell you what's worth solving for, you might get to something that's you know bigger and bolder. Um, so it's totally right. And it needs to be sort of matched with the ambition from uh, definitely the leadership team to be able to have the courage to back off a known solution and say, hey, we're going to go into exploratory mode a little bit. Uh, but that can be scary for, for folks who haven't worked that way before. Yeah. yeah. It, it, kind it kind of makes me so so I'm hearing myself in. Uh, Someone has a speaker on. Oh, yeah. Uh, it could have been me. Sorry about that. Of course it's me. Um, so it kind of reminds me of, this book that we um, is sort of mandatory reading at our company called the mom test. Mm -hmm. um, and the mom test sort of breaks down customer development. So this would be just like more of a tactic, I guess, that I, I wonder whether it's ever been um, folded into design thinking or not, but it's around again, like not getting you know, hooked on the solution, but getting hooked on the problem. Um, and the whole premise of the book is to actually take a step back and, you know, 
and and like basically pitch a problem or discover a problem that you know even you know even your mom uh so the, the premise is like that like you know you can't even or your mom can't even um uh you can't even be fooled by your mom um in terms of like her saying like oh that's a wonderful idea right because especially when you're surrounded by your friends and family you know you're going to hear a lot of like oh well that's that's a great idea you should definitely go for it um and so you're trying to sort of cut through that noise um and a lot of the questions that I think are proposed in this book um, may also help with that framework as well. So I'm not sure if you've read that, but anyways, um, that was with my piece. Yeah, for sure. And you said a really key word. And actually, I noticed, Kristen, you you almost kind of like corrected yourself at one point, and I really appreciated it because you mentioned pitching a problem to a user versus discovering a problem. That's mm -hmm. a huge, huge difference because a lot of the times what we do is we go out into the field to talk to users we've already convinced ourselves what their problem is. And now we're just like trying to self-validate that we had the right idea in the first right. place. That can be effective, um, but oftentimes where the best solutions are coming from is actually the correction you made, which was on let's go discover a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a lot harder because it means going back to how we started this conversation, you've kind of got to set your assumption aside about what the solution could be or even what the problem is. Um, and let that emerge from what you see and hear from your users or your customers. So uh, there's a lot of really good stuff in that book. I do know it. And um, it's definitely helpful in terms of giving you some tools to go out and, and really listen to users to understand what's going to be most useful for them. I love it. Thanks. Thanks for the thanks for the insight, Kristen, and, and joining the conversation. I, I love it when Kristen joins the show. Um, it's not every day I have Kristen join it. <laughs> uh, so if you are joining us live, we're talking about design thinking. I'm really trying to pull out the problem, not use some assumptions, um, and uh, and going from there, and really really not falling in love with your problem or, or your idea of the problem. And I, I know. A ton. I mean, I mentor a lot of uh, entrepreneurs as well, so I know a lot of people are convinced they know how to solve all the problems—not all the problems, but you know what I mean. In terms of, they have the the million-dollar solution. Um, last question I wanted to ask before we slowly end, Kevin. I'm wondering now that we had this discussion, and I know a lot of it has been around. I guess maybe just apps or problems, but maybe not because I did frame a, a huge, a huge problem in terms of the future. But I'm wondering from your point of view, what kind of companies are doing design thinking the best right now? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And, and surprisingly, we're seeing a lot of startups um, come out of the gate uh, who are starting to apply the methods of design thinking in really interesting ways. And, and almost so well that they wouldn't even probably refer to it that way. But, you know, the famous example there is, um, is Airbnb, who, you know, is obsessed uh, with their users. They are totally, totally obsessed with being customer-centered in the experiences that they build, uh, how their UX unfolds throughout the booking journey. Uh, and they have a lot of really great uh, and now famous stories about uh, going out and understanding their users uh, before they start to build something. So I think um, I think they're a really good one. Um, and we're seeing across the startup sector that that's a pattern. And uh, there's actually a really interesting study being done by Nia, which is a VC firm in uh, New York, where they're studying in their portfolio of investments, the startups that are kind of like design savvy uh, versus the startups that aren't. 
And what they're seeing is that the startups who are design savvy are wildly outpacing their non-design savvy counterparts on really key startup metrics like traction, uh, sales, customer experience, but even things like employee experience and, um, and recruiting success for talent. Um, and so we're starting to see that uh, startups, as they take the methods of design thinking into the market with them, becoming radically obsessed with what users want, uh, rapid iteration, uh, those things are actually leading to greater success than just the sort of big rollout of a tech platform and hoping people uh, will adopt it. So uh, we're really hot on the startup community and some of the stuff that's been going on there. We mentioned some of the work that we're doing at Communitech and uh, we love what Communitech is doing in terms of bringing a design lens into becoming really user focused. Uh, but it's certainly not, uh, not just Communitech doing that work. No, for sure. Are there any other companies that you've worked with at uh... Okay, do you co right now that that are really embracing it? Maybe that are outside of the uh, the startup ecosystem. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have lots of big organizations uh, we're working with, and their executives are coming to us saying, "Hey, we're trying to adopt these tools. Can you help us get them adopted in a way that gets us to better results?" And so, um, uh, a really good example there is Bell Canada. We're working with them right now because they have a whole bunch of data scientists who, for a long time, uh, have been absolute geniuses at uh, collecting and synthesizing data to generate insights for the executive team there. And part of what we've been working with them on is how to actually humanize uh, the outputs of their work, telling better stories through data by taking a design thinking approach. And so that's included going and actually talking to the internal users about what they need from those data reports and how to design them in a way that uh, they're easier to understand and easier to access. So that's one example. And then we also um, have been doing a ton of work with um, Oxford Properties. Uh, they're one of Canada's largest developers. And so um, they came to us and spent uh, a week through something called Idea Camp, which basically took them step by step through the design thinking process from understanding the future of their industry uh, through to prototyping really bold uh, concepts for the future of their business and pitching those back to the executive team. So we're really keen on some of the Canadian companies that we've seen that are picking this up and uh, making design thinking work inside big organizations. And they're doing it by, yes, understanding the methods of design thinking, but also by having really senior leaders, like we were talking to Kristen about, champion the approach um, and empowering their employees to go think like design thinkers. Well, I mean, that's that's really exciting. I'm really happy to hear that you know a lot of these Canadian companies are are moving forward with these type of innovations in terms of uh, you know the way to think from the, from the top down, right? So that that's really encouraging, especially being a proud Canadian <laughs> Canadian entrepreneur, uh, thought leader when it comes to that space. If you're just joining us live or on the replay. Uh, what we're talking about today, amazing conversation around design thinking, how you can apply it in, in any type of problem, depending on um, where you, what you're trying to solve. It could be as small as a simple feature in an app or to something large like I was talking about is the future of work. Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to let us know. A couple more minutes left. Otherwise, I'll be happy to answer any questions. Reach out to me, edwin at thebusinessleadership.com. If it's for Kevin, let me know, and I'll be sure I get him to answer your questions. Kevin, before I let you go, I'd love to get any final thoughts, um, insights, or, or actionable recommendations that you could share with the listeners uh, today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one big pattern from our conversation for sure has been, you know, put the user at the center of the problem that you're trying to solve. So 
even if it's an app that you want to roll out, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, you know, the thing that I would say, and I think that we're taking away from the conversation, is let's go talk to the people who are not only using the app but involved with it in some way. Uh, and by putting their insights at the center, we're going to get to way better experiences whether it's an app or whether it's a radically new business that we're launching from inside our company. So, you know, put the user at the center. And then uh, the second thing I would say is, um, you know, take some ambition into your design thinking efforts. Not everything needs to be, you know, design thinking for the core improvement that we're working on in our company, uh, but design thinking can be applied. And this is actually where it has a lot of, um, a lot of impact is those big, complex, long-term problems like the future of work that we talked about, Edwin, uh, and going really deep to understand not only the tech changes, but the human changes, uh, and take on a big, complex, knotted problem uh, and see what you can come out the other side with uh, on design thinking. It's been hard uh, you know, for a long time to figure out where to go learn the tools of design thinking uh, without going back to just sort of design school. So uh, you know, the other thing I would say is we've just opened a, a beautiful 14,000 square foot studio on Toronto's waterfront dedicated just to this kind of work. And uh, I would invite uh, you and all your listeners to uh, come and check it out because we've got a lot of beautiful space for doing this kind of work. And uh, we're hosting some amazing design thinking projects that are coming out of the space. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to hang out there when it's a bit warmer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, excited to see it. I know I know it really opened. Um, so where could we find information about you, OCAD you, or anything else you'd like to share today, Kevin? Absolutely. You can uh, go check out ocadu.co. That's .co. Uh, in true design thinking spirit, Edwin, what you'll find at that website right now is a prototype. Uh, but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be iterating, iterating our way to a couple of really cool uh, announcements uh, and exciting launches of programs for people to come and experience and actually learn design thinking. So ocadu.co, you can go sign up and uh, get first access to some of the cool stuff that's going to be rolling out in 2019. Definitely, and, and be sure to let me know so I, any new um, events or announcements, let me know. I'd, I'm always happy to to share that information out to, to my audience. I mean, this stuff is really fascinating to me. I mean, big problems is, is what I look at. And, and uh, I mean, if you ever need some, some insight, let me know, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, well, what we should do is uh, 2019, do a live on-air design thinking exercise. We'll take problems from uh, callers, and uh, we'll work through it in real time and uh, see what we can get to. That might a be lot. a cool I, I love that idea. We could, as I'm plan doing my, I have a planning session later on 2019 goals. I think uh, I'm putting that on my list right now, Kevin. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. Just for even personally, for me to really think what this design thinking is all about and how I can move forward within my own businesses as well. I really appreciate it. Let's look forward to that. And thank you for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, and uh, looking forward to doing this again soon, Edwin. Awesome. Talk to you soon, Kevin. Talk soon. This was the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It's an almost daily show. It happens every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to join us here on GetDialogue.com. And if you haven't done so yet, please be sure to check out my podcast. Um, it's called the Business Leadership Podcast, where I sit down with business leaders to discuss their personal journey and experience with business leadership. New episode drops every Tuesday. You can listen to it on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But that's a wrap, everybody. Happy Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. Edwin signing off.